Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Come on, say it with me. Breakthrough. What's a breakthrough? A breakthrough is a sudden or sometimes progressive breaking past and moving past enemy opposition, enemy resistance, unhealthy routines, unhealthy habits, seemingly impossible situations, etc., etc., etc. We serve the God of breakthrough. Can I just prophetically say this to you right now, all of you that are listening to me? Your breakthrough is coming. Come on, does anybody receive that this year? Your breakthrough is coming. Uh, General Charles Yeager, he was a United States Air Force officer. He was a flying ace. He broke the record for the fastest flight in 1947 and broke through the sound barrier. That means he traveled faster than the speed of sound. When asked, what did it feel like to break through? He replied, just before you break through the sound barrier, the cockpit shakes the most. Then the breakthrough comes. And this is true for all of us in our life. If you're looking at your life and your life feels like or it looks like it's shaking, there are things that seem like they're uncontrollable, there are seemingly impossible situations, I just want to remind you that if you would lay hold of Jesus, if you would get a hold of God's word this year in 2022, some things are going to turn around. You're going to experience some breakthrough. It could be in the area of your spiritual relationship with God. Some of us need a breakthrough in that area. It could be emotionally. It could be relationally. It could be financially. It could be psychologically. There are so many different areas coming out of 2021 that people have struggled with. And if we're being honest, every time we turn on the news, it looks like as we're starting 2022, there's still a lot of the same struggles that were happening in 2021. And I just want to remind us, I'm just declaring by faith that your breakthrough is coming. If you'll lay hold of Jesus this year, if you'll get serious about your relationship with God this year, if you'll lay hold of God's word this year, break through is coming. We're on our final message today in a series that we've called Only God Can Do It. Have you ever looked at a situation or a circumstance in your life and you just realize, man, if anything's going to change, it's only going to change because God can change it. 
It's only going to change if God gets involved. It's only going to change if God, the God of breakthrough, gets involved and brings about a change. So we've been talking about that. And our subtitle is important. Setting our course for a year of breakthrough. In other words, posturing ourselves to be in faith and expectation for the God of breakthrough to move in and through our lives in any one of those areas that you might need a breakthrough in. We just believe this year as a church that God wants you as individuals and God wants us as a church family to posture ourselves in such a way where God can do what only God can do. And our theme verse is Mark 9, 23. If you haven't memorized that verse, let me just lovingly encourage you to memorize that verse. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, come on, finish it with me, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Say it with me. All things are possible to him who believes. See, the truth is God loves helping people, especially his children break through when he does the impossible. God loves helping people experience life to the full. That's what Jesus said. He said, I have come that they, my followers, might have life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? The person who is in a real-time relationship with God through Jesus, the life of God, the grace of God, the faith of God, the power of God flowing in and through and on your life. Jesus expects for you and I to experience that kind of life. Can you say amen? But we know it's not automatic. We know it just doesn't happen because God wants it to or because we want it to. So we said that we have to build our life in faith around these three things. One, we have to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing is impossible for God. Quit looking at how big your mountain is and start looking at how big your mountain mover is. Amen. Number two, we have to believe that no one is excluded by God. God will not exclude you from experiencing breakthrough. God will not exclude you from having him do what only he can do in your life. You're included. You're in the family. And the third thing is this. This is powerful. Everyone can develop breakthrough faith. Everyone can develop breakthrough faith. And we've been doing this by looking at five practical steps that we can take as a church, as individuals, so that we can posture ourselves for breakthrough. Now, when I say practical, I mean these are workable in your life. I don't mean to imply that they're not spiritual. They're very spiritual, but God loves us so much that he takes the most spiritual things and he breaks them down in concepts and ideas so that we can understand them. Can somebody say amen? And so we can actually walk this stuff out. So five practical steps. They all start with a letter R. Number one, remember. Number two, review. Number three, report. And last week we talked about revisions. We have to remember our God-given vision. We have to remember that God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has a, a place for your life. If you don't know what that is, go back. Spend time, invest time with God. Ask him to show you, at least in this season, what's my God-given vision? What are some things you want to accomplish that haven't been accomplished yet? That was number one. Remember, number two, 
review and report. Two and three, review and review where you're at. How you how are you progressing this year? And then report that back to the Lord. If you have a trusted friend, you can report it. Have somebody lovingly hold you accountable. And then revise. These little revisions, these little adjustments that we can make along the way. Don't go six months before revising anything. If the Lord shows you this little adjustment, make it so that you can lovingly, he'll lovingly help you correct things. He does that for all of us. So five R's. Remember, review, report, revise. And today, restructure. Come on, somebody say restructure. So today's message is restructuring for what only God can do. Now, restructure is a little different. It's a little deeper. The knife, the loving knife of God goes a little deeper to the core of who we are when we're talking about restructure. We're not just revising out here, but we're getting a little deeper and we're going to restructure some things. A, A synonymous word for restructure would be to realign or to reorganize or, or, or to change. And when I'm talking about restructure, I'm talking about the way you see things. The way you think about your life. The way you think about your relationship with God. And more importantly, the way you see things and think about God and your life with God to how you actually live. Can somebody say, yeah, preach that, Robert. Because how we live really is evidence to what we believe. Isn't that true? So when I say restructure, all the way to the core, how we think, how we see God, how we see ourselves, how we see our neighbors, how we see the church, how we see the world from a biblical worldview, how we live our life, that's restructure. How many of you can enjoy a good meal? Come on. I grew up with a mom who could cook it down. I'm, I'm Hispanic enchiladas, tamales, homemade rice and beans, homemade chile rellenos, homemade tacos, homemade, I mean homemade, man, none of this stuff from the restaurant who's trying to put it together like Taco Bell, amen, I mean good stuff, and I grew up in that kind of environment, and when I got married, I have a great wife who can cook really good, but there's something about mom's food, come on moms, isn't that true, there's something about mom's food, and I remember when I was like 20. 324. I was selling residential real estate in Pico Rivera, California. Uh, I married about 25, and I move out, and I married, and I'm, I'm living in my own house, but I'm still missing mom's food, right? And so throughout my day, as I'm selling houses, I'm showing houses, I'm cold calling, I'm trying to restructure my day so that I can make it to mom's house in time for lunch or for dinner so that I can come up on some of those homemade taquitos. Come on, somebody say amen. And what I'm trying to say is that when you think something's really good, you're willing to restructure your life, your calendar, your, your hobbies, the things that you pursue, the things that you're going. You're willing to restructure everything so that you can get over to what you think is valuable, to what you think is worth it. Well, listen, the Lord's prepared a table, church. Come on, somebody. The Lord's prepared a table, and he's inviting you. He's inviting me to come up to his table with a heart that's willing to restructure so that we can partake, so that we can receive, so that we can feed on Jesus, so that we can feed on what God has for us. So I want to show you, looking in the book of James. If you got a Bible, turn it over to the book of James. And I want to show you three truths that will help you to restructure your life 
in such a way where God can do what only God can do. Now, those of you who are familiar with James, you know James, who wrote the book of James with the brother of Jesus, and James just kind of lays it out, okay? In the book of James, James is more interested in duty over doctrine. In other words, don't tell me what you know about God. Show me that God's in your life. Walk it out, amen? But thank God for God's grace, because we're going to look at this, and we're going to unpack some things, starting in James chapter 1. I'm going to start reading from verse 22. Here's the plan. We're going to read through verse 25, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to identify these truths that you can put in your spiritual pocket today and start using them when you leave today. Amen. Somebody say amen. Okay. James 1.22 do not merely listen to the word. And let me pause because I, I don't want to assume everybody knows. But when he says, do not merely listen to the word, the word, it's the message that God's giving. It's the message of Christ. It's when God speaks to you. It's when you know God has spoken to you. It's what the Bible says. When God says something, that's the word. Amen? Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Let me repeat that last part because it's really good. They will be blessed in what they do. So what James is trying to get across to you and I is that no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter whether or not you grow up in church and you read the Bible every day, no matter how old you are, no matter whether or not you did your first Holy Communion and you say you have a great relationship with, for as long as you are alive, we will still have perspectives, ideas, and viewpoints that are different than God's and different than what God says. But the good news is the Holy Spirit of God that lives in every Christian He's committed to helping us. And one of the ways that he does that, he pulls back the curtain, so to speak, in God's word when we're reading it or when we're hearing it and we're talking to God. And he will show you the areas needing restructuring in your life so that you can be postured for God to do what only God can do. So here's the first truth. Here's your sermon fill in the blank. Number one. The Holy Spirit will show us areas that need to be restructured. Say it with me, would you? The Holy Spirit will show us areas that need to be restructured. Uh, and I just want you to know that uh, this isn't a one and done. This isn't just for today's message. How long is he going to do that, Pastor Robert? Forever? Forever? So you pass from this life to the next, the Holy Spirit, part of his role is to show you and to show me areas in our life that need restructuring so that we can get over here where God wants us to be so that we can sit up at the table and receive from God. John chapter 16, verse 13, for example, says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. This is ongoing. 
This is progressive. Romans 12.2 says that we're not supposed to be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that we may prove, listen, to what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, there's this ongoing progression from good to better to best. And the Holy Spirit's going to keep showing how to get over there. And I love Mark chapter 4. Those of you that are familiar with Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word, right? The word is the seed. The soil is our heart. And the Bible says in Mark 4.20 that when we receive the word on the soil of our lives, it produces 30, 60, and a hundredfold. What is that? The Holy Spirit. He's showing us progressively how to restructure our lives and receive the word of God. Why? So that it can produce. So that we can experience the life that God has for us. For as long as you live, the Holy Spirit's going to show you areas that need restructuring. I love Barbara Collins. Barbara Collins is part of our church family. She's a great cook. She's a woman of God. She's not here with us today. She hasn't been feeling so good from her leg pray for her. But what I so appreciate about her, she, she's, a, she's a woman of God. She's, she's older than me. She's been serving God probably for 40 or 50 years. She's been raised in church. She reads her Bible every day. She prays every day. She's laid her life down for the Lord. She'll be the first one to tell you she's not perfect. There have been times where her relationship with God hasn't been as strong as she'd like it to, but she's never given up. And what's so exciting about Barbara when I see her, she always pulls me aside. She says, Pastor Robert, I have to show you something. I have to show you something. And she'll open up her Bible and she'll show me and she'll tell me and she'll say, I was reading this. And as I was reading this, you know, God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit showed me this. And I was reading this. And the Holy Spirit showed me this. And I just realized that God's still working on me. I realized that God's still doing something in my life. I realized, why is that important? Because it's important that we keep this childlike faith, this childlike hunger. We never get to the place where we think we've arrived. We never get to the place where we think, we don't need the Holy Spirit to show me anything anymore. No, no, no. We need to keep leaning in. The more that we can be open to what the Holy Spirit is showing us, the more we can get some restructure in our life, the more that we can be in a position to receive what God has for us. Let's go back to verse 22. Verse 22. I'm going to look at this a little closer, piece by piece. I'm going to give you some practical highlights on how the Holy Spirit shows us things and how he's showing us things from this text so that we can restructure. Verse 22, the front half. Listen to what it says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, some translations say don't be hearers of the word. In this translation, it says, do not just listen. Listen or hearers. It's important you understand this because this word um, is trying to give us a picture. Listen, picture this of someone who might be um, auditing a class intellectually. He's sitting in the class. He's auditing the class intellectually with his mind, but his heart's not really in it. And he has no intention of actually following through and engaging in the learning process and appropriating anything that he's learning. He's not really intending to do anything to bring about change. That's what this means. Don't just be an auditor of the word. Don't just listen intellectually. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other without a heart to lean in to change. Because when you do that, it says you'll end up deceived. 
Deceived. Now, this word deceived is exactly what you think it is. It's to believe something that's not true. But I want to take you a little bit deeper because it's a powerful word. Remember, the New Testament is written in Greek and Latin, primarily not English. And this word in the Greek for deceive is paralogizomai. Paralogizomai. And it's an important word. I want to tell you why. Para, P-A-R-A, means to come alongside, to get close to somebody. And logizomai means to calculate, to add up. It's a calculating term. It's a mathematical term. So this is saying when you listen intellectually and you have no heart to engage, you're really not going to do what the word says. You're going to be deceived. Paralogizomai. You're going to come alongside what God's word says. But because you're not really leaning in, you're going to do the math and you're going to miscalculate. And you're going to come away thinking that you're right, but you're not. That's deception. And when we're deceived, we open up ourselves to the enemy and we don't receive what God has for us. Let me continue. Verse 23. Anyone then who listens or only listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. Now, I don't want to suppose that you don't know what the word do means. Okay. I think we know what the word do means. But again, this is an interesting Greek word. I want to share it with you. Poetes, P-O-I-E-T-E-S, poetes. Sound familiar? We get our English word poet or poetry from poetes. And it carries the idea of creativity, creativity. And this verse is telling us that if you don't know how to do what the Holy Spirit is instructing you to do, or if it just isn't obvious and it isn't easy, then we have to lean in We have to lean forward. We have to ask God to help us become creative in getting things done when he asks us to do something. Can somebody say amen? There's some creativity that comes into play when we're talking about doing what God wants us to do. In other words, there's creativity that comes into play when he's asking us to restructure. That looks really hard. That looks impossible. Remember what I shared with you about getting to the table for good food? Listen, when you really want to follow God's word and you really want to set yourself up for maximum blessing, maximum potential, you're going to get creative and you're going to figure out how to do what God's asking you to do. Let me pause and insert this. We're not doing anything to be right with God. We're doing things because we're already right with God. And we're only doing them because the Holy Spirit enables us to do them. It's not legalistic. It's relationship. Pause ending. Let's keep going. Look at the word mirror. Come on. Anybody know what a mirror is? Right? This says, listen, if you, if you don't do what it says, you're like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. Now, remember, this is written in Bible days way back then, not today. Not this morning, certainly. So this word mirror is not like the mirrors that we have. The word mirror here is describing this small handheld mirror. And the, the only other time that the Greek word for this word mirror is used is in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. So I want to do a little detour and then we'll come back, okay? Keep that word in mind, mirror. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul's writing, he says, For now, today, here, we see, and that's talking about perception. It's talking about discernment. Not physical sight. It's talking about spiritual sight. We see in a mirror dimly. This word mirror is the same word mirror in James chapter 1. 
And this mirror is different than the mirrors that we have today. Our mirrors today will give you a perfect, exact reflection. Except for that one that you go to at the circus. <laughs> you ever been in that mirror, right? mirror room in the circus? I'm not talking about that mirror. I'm talking about a regular mirror. It'll give you a perfect, exact reflection. But the mirror that Paul's talking about in Corinthians and the mirror that's referred to in James, this is this little handheld mirror and it was hazy, it was fuzzy at best, it was dim because it was like polished metal. It wasn't this reflective glass that we have today. So it wasn't a clear picture. The reflection was distorted. It wasn't crystal clear. And what Paul is trying to tell us by using this illustration is, although God's word today when we read it, it will give you some really, really good general knowledge and some general insight in an area. For example, God's will to bring you through something or to break through. But you may not readily and necessarily easily understand how you're going to exactly get there or exactly what God's going to do. It's going to not be obvious. It's going to be like you're looking through a dim mirror, a mirror that isn't so crystal clear, a mirror that doesn't kind of show you everything you need to see. And let me, let me finish and show you that in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Paul says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, that's today. In other words, we don't spiritually perceive everything crystal clear. But then, referring to when we get to heaven, face to face. In other words, when we get to heaven, we're going to know everything that needs to be known. We're going to see Jesus. We're going to see God. But then he goes on, he says, now I see in part, that's like fragmented. We don't get the whole picture. We can't see everything crystal clear when it comes to our relationship with God. But then I shall know just as I am also known. So what are you trying to say? Uh, I'm trying to say this. As long as we are on the earth, we're always going to have this kind of fragmented, to a degree, understanding of God's word and our relationship with God. We're going to get truth, but we're not going to realize it in totality. And it's as if we're looking in a mirror dimly. And that's why it's so important that we understand that God isn't the problem. Humanity is the problem. Okay, we're, we're not there yet. And it's also important to understand that um, the process of understanding and the process of pressing in to follow what the Holy Spirit is showing us is not always easy. It's not always cut and dry. It's not always crystal clear. So it requires us to ask the Holy Spirit for clarity and it requires us to ask the Holy Spirit for creativity. Okay, let's go back to James chapter 1 verses 23 and 24. He says, anyone who only listens to the word, but does not create ways to do what it says, is like a man who looks deeply and discerningly at his face, we could say, in a hazy mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Let's be honest. Let's have a little bit of fun, okay? Um, when you look at your face first thing in the morning in the mirror. What do we see? Come on, we see need. <laughs> we see opportunity. We see spots. We see bumps. We see lines. We see wrinkles. We see crazy hair. We see less hair. We see gray hair. We see nose hair. I mean, we see all kinds of stuff. It's not pretty. And some of the stuff we see, it's just not presentable for public consumption. Can we agree with that? Say amen, right? 
So what if after seeing yourself in the mirror and all that need and all that opportunity, you walked away and you do nothing? You do nothing with what you saw. Then you go throughout your day and you keep asking yourself, why is everybody staring at me? Why is everybody whispering behind my back? Why is everybody avoiding me? What's their problem? And see, friend, maybe the problem isn't them. Maybe the problem is you. See, by choosing not to lean in and address what the Holy Spirit is showing us, we miscalculate. And we don't restructure. And we assume that this personal, seemingly minor, disconnected issue isn't really making a difference in my relationships. It really, really doesn't make a difference in my life with God. And it's not going to hinder God's plan for my life. But the truth is, friend, it does. Everything that the Holy Spirit shows you in God's word and everything that the Holy Spirit is asking you to restructure makes a difference in our life. Somebody say amen. Okay? Leads us to truth number two for today. And these ones won't take as long, I promise. Number two, fill in the blank if you're taking notes. This is a good one. You ready? Small restructures lead to large breakthroughs. Come on, say it with me. Small restructures lead to large breakthroughs. There's 168 hours in a week, I'm pretty sure. 112 waking hours in a week. What if you invest seven hours a week reading your Bible and connecting with Jesus? Seven out of 112 waking hours. I promise you, based on the authority of the Word of God and the integrity of the Lord Jesus Christ, that if we would do that, these small restructures, that's a restructure, by the way, it will make a large breaking through impact in your life. It will. It will. In a, in a month, in six months, in a year, in two years, you won't be the same person that you are today. You just won't. Think about any area of your life. Just these small restructures. What if you and I made a decision, men, those of us that are married and we have spouses, we make a decision to invest meaningful, relational connection time with our spouses every week. Come on. Every week, every week, every week, every week. Come on. That small restructure, small to us maybe, no, maybe large. But in God's eyes, he's like, I gave you this beautiful gift. The Bible says he who finds a wife is blessed and finds a good thing. And we invest in that time with our spouses year after year after year after year after year instead of 20 years going by and you getting divorced. 20 years go by, 25 years go by, and you want to you do it all over again, amen? Because you have a great relationship based on the authority of a relationship with Jesus. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that these small restructures that you make will lead to large breakthroughs. Listen, I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't just show you everything in your life you need to restructure right now. He's just so gracious. He's so loving. He'll show us one small thing at a time. And instead of impacting us and saying, you got to change all this, he'll just show us one little piece of our life and saying, just restructure this. Just restructure this. Here's the problem, though. If, if we continue to push that back and we, we continue to just uh, procrastinate and, and we skip the small issues, because God is so gracious, he'll stop speaking to you about new areas he wants you to restructure until you go back and do the last thing 
he asks you and I to restructure. But if we'll do that, friend, if we cooperate and we'll follow his lead and we'll step in, we'll be able to see our relationship with God clearer than ever. We'll be able to see ourselves looking into the face of Jesus clearer than ever. And he'll enable us to walk out that restructuring that he's asking us to do. Amen. Let's continue. James 125a. It says this. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. It switched from using the word word to perfect law that gives freedom. I want to explain that. By the way, this word looks intently. It means to lean in or to lean over. It means to pay attention, to focus. There's an emphasis there. This person who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Law, freedom. You know what that's called? That's called the juxtaposition. Is that how you pronounce it? It's two words that seem like they're completely Opposite of one another. Law. Freedom. Do you see it? Perfect law that gives freedom. See, in our mind, laws are usually thought of prohibiting, restraining. But laws also safeguard, don't they? Laws also bring people away from anarchy and injustice and injury, giving us maximum protection and maximum freedom. There's a law in the word of God, and it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's in Romans 8.2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. When we're looking into God's word, this is the perfect word, the perfect law from God from heaven that gives us maximum safety, maximum potential, and maximum freedom if we come to bring our lives under it with a humble spirit. Amen? And there's this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Law meaning the way God operates. The way of the unseen realm operates. When we begin to lean into God's word and do what it says. Something happens in the spiritual realm. And the law of the spirit is working on our behalf in the person of Christ Jesus. Keeping us from the law of sin and death. The way that sin and death fluctuates in a person's life who's not walking with God. And God wants us to experience freedom. He wants us to experience maximum potential. So when we lean into this and we do it, there's this freedom and this protection that comes to us when we restructure as God shows us. Let me finish. James 1.25, the back half. Okay, so this guy's looking in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. Can I just say blessed, experience God's favor, which enables a happy result. That's what the word blessed means. In what he does. This man will be blessed in what he does. Now, if you're a, a note taker, if you've got a pen or a highlighter and you have a Bible, I want you to notice this, that in this verse 25, the emphasis is on do, doing, and does. Three times right there in that one verse. The word do, doing, and does. What does that mean? It's progressive. It's ongoing. We're supposed to be doing it and doing it and doing it until we get it done. Here's the last final point that I want to make today. God brings breakthrough as we obey. Come on, say it with me, church. God brings breakthrough as we obey. I'm going to have the worship team come up, and we're going to finalize today's service, but I just want to show you that the word obey is a great word for us as Christians. 
I, I think sometimes we hear that and we might, because we've had bad experiences in the church or we might have been around some legalistic people, just know this, Jesus isn't legalistic. He's all about relationship, okay? By the way, Jesus had a heart to obey the Father, right? By the way, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. I want to show you something else that Jesus said. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, last verse of the morning, look at it with me. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this. The people who are really blessed are the ones who hear and obey God's message. Bam. Did you see the breakthrough right there? It's not just the people who hear, but it's the people who hear and obey God's message that are blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? Come on, how many of you want to experience breakthrough? So what did we learn today? Number one, it's the Holy Spirit's job to show us areas needing restructure. Number two, small restructures lead to large breakthroughs. And number three, God brings breakthrough as we obey. Now we're almost done. I'm going to have the worship team lead us in one more worship song so that we can respond and we can draw a line in the sand, so to speak, fresh and anew. I'm making a decision to not just listen to what God says, but to be a doer. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.